This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, September 8, 2023. I'm Steve Peasley, and I and on this program podcast, I will be providing useful data and unbiased perspectives, if I can. I think I can with my over 50 years of investing experience. And my objective is, as I've told you many times before, is to educate. So I have, a, I will will make a mixture of the questions you ask and the available data I have in front of me, and come up with some kind of actionable material that you can act on if you wish. And of course, your contributions are the key. We need your questions to drive the show. You can drive in any direction you want, as long as it's financial. So before I talk about the market's performance and stuff like that. Let's go ahead and listen to our first caller question. Hi, this is a great show. I just have one question regarding energy transfer stock, ET. What are the prospects of buying this stock for future? Thank you so much. I will really appreciate your input. Thank you. Okay, this is energy transfer. It's ET as the symbol, engaged in natural gas, midstream, and liquid transportation storage businesses in the United States. It's a fairly good-sized company, $43 billion. That's big. Um, And it has a very erratic history of earnings. That's why it's not very expensive. I mean, the Ford P is only 10. It's a $13.76 stock. It's going to make $1.42 next year. Uh, Cash flow is pretty strong at $2.88, and it pays a nice dividend of 9%. So you you buy these companies because of the dividend not for capital appreciation. They're pretty strong. Management owns 12%, and mutual funds have been selling off recently. But long-term, as long as you are focused on your dividend and not on making a lot of capital gains, the highest the stock has ever been is 20. So here it is at 1376. So, it's, you know, it's, it, it would ha- that was in 2017. It's never reached 20 before or since then, so... But it's a good company, good solid company. Okay? ET, Energy Transfer. Transfer. Okay, we got a lot of ground to cover from the next 45 minutes. Here's what I have planned for today. My focus point looks at the story behind the uh, question, can investors make sense out of the microchip sector? You know it's done very, very, very well. Will it continue to do very well? I also have a bunch of other stuff I want to talk about. The Federal Reserve has given us some hints of what direction they're going to take. Now, this is the Federal Reserve in New York I'm talking about. So, we'll, you know, they don't say there's the Federal Reserve president. These various presidents of these 12 regions, they don't just you know, say things. They make sure they're very careful what they say. So we want to pay attention. Is the labor market weakening? You have pretty good unemployment claims every week. You have pretty low unemployment, period. Is is there anything indicating that it's weakening? And we'll go over that today. And companies that will 
face much larger problems in China. Our companies, not besides Apple. Apple, as you know, I talked about yesterday. But there's other companies, too, that are going to have face some pretty stiff headwinds in China. And I want to go over some names for you. So that's what we have on on on. On the plate today, the market itself was up. up. It was 76 points on the Dow, 13 points on the Nasdaq, and 6 points on the S&P 500. So the market was up today. Yesterday it was mixed. So it's, it's you know, it hasn't broken down yet. It hasn't gotten very strong either. So, you know, we don't know but where it's going to go. Really, we don't. Okay, and also, voice bank questions coming in. we got to call him about Disney. He wants someone talking to me, want me to answer some questions. And then Cartier's Inc., I'll talk about that too. And since it's Friday, I'll share highlights from the newsletter, the KPP Premium Newsletter, that's coming up at the halfway point of the podcast. Now, let's talk about the market performance again real quick. The market has been mixed. They had a bad month last month. And it's mixed so far here in the first you know, eight days, really, of this month. So I think September, and you know, September historically is the worst month of the year. So we're just going to have to be very, very careful going forward here. So just pay attention. Now, have you heard about the Invest Talk Classroom series we've been putting together? Is it, It's streaming right now. It's free on YouTube channel. The topic for Episode 5 is... How to invest in a recessionary in recessionary times. It explores the question, what is a recession as compared with financial crisis? And Justin Klein explains why it's important to, to investors to not paint every recession with this broad brush. Search Invest Talk Classroom, everybody. Now, my phone lines are open. We're waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, how do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap, because there's a lot of regulatory risk. And Steve Peasley. I, I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson Foods, this is where I'd buy it. Benefit the entire Invest Talk community. Thank you for what you guys do. That's why 24-7, rain or shine, no matter how simple or how complex, your questions make a difference. Symbol BKE, what's your outlook? And Invest Talk is made better by the power of you. So don't forget to call 888 99Chart. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278, my focus point. Can investors make sense out of the microchip sector? Semiconductor stocks are no stranger to boom and bust periods. We know that. The chip stocks, you know, and they're very sensitive to boom and bust. So the question is, is, are they, are, is the boom done? 
Are we waiting for the bust, or maybe the boom going forward is not done? Maybe we've still got more to run. No one really knows, and I can't really tell you, but, you know, there's things we can discuss about that, okay? Um, for instance, you know, what's driving this boom in the chip sector, not only government spending, but mostly AI, artificial intelligence, Everybody wants to get into AR, NVIDIA, AMD. Everybody wants to get into artificial intelligence because I think that's where the future is, and, and I don't think they're wrong. So they've been pushing, a lot of money is pushing into that field. A lot of the IPOs this last year were regarding artificial intelligence startups. So, you know, it's been very, um, been very hot, this sector, very hot. Now, I always get nervous when a sector gets hot. Because after it's been hot, it cools down. My problem is, is I can never, ever, ever guess at the top. And that's really what you're doing. You're guessing uh, at the top. I, I can't tell you that this is the top or not. I can tell you there's going to be a lot more money put into this area. I think you should be part of it at some point. I just don't like to chase stocks and chase performance. The, the excitement will wear off at some point. But just because the excitement wear off and the stocks might fall doesn't mean they're not good investments. I think that's a good time to, to invest. But it's hard to be patient with these kinds of things. It's very difficult. Microsoft is pretty big into it with, with NVIDIA. So Microsoft is looking to monetize it as well, just like NVIDIA. In other words, start to make some money off of it. So we'll see if... You know, there's a lot of FOMO going on, fear of missing out. People think they're going to miss it, and that's what continues to drive for these stocks. But are they going to really miss it? See, to me, the market is, is like a wave. There's always something behind There's always another wave right behind it somewhere. And I like to buy things when they're at the trough of the wave, not at the peak of the wave. You know, Broadcom is going to be involved. There's going to be a lot of stocks that are going to be winners here. What is going to be the winner? Don't know. You know, because usually one or two or three are the ones that come out ahead. And, of course, Apple, Microsoft, NVIDIA, they're all trying to be that those, those one or two or three companies. You know that. Okay, let's keep moving and pivot back to the Invest Talk podcast, Voice Bank, for a call that came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve, Justin. My name is Andy from South Florida. I had a question. I am an owner of Disney. I've been purchasing it for a few months. My cost basis is about 83, 84. I know it's come down and there's a lot of pressure on the stock. Do I continue purchasing or just wait patiently for the stock to rebound? I know there's some geopolitical pressure on it uh, with all the stuff that's going on with Disney. Uh, I really like your thought. Thanks for all your help on the show. I'll listen to your answer. Thank you. Well, Disney is a pretty strong company, $150 billion in size. Uh, and, yes, there are a lot of political pressures on Disney right now. But long term, I don't think Disney is going to be in that big of trouble. I mean, there, there's three major drivers of earnings for Disney. There are theme parks, okay, television and movies. And, you know, those things are going to continue to have high demand. So I don't, I don't, I don't see it being a crushing thing for Disney. They're going to, their forward PE is now, what, 16? 
Okay, and the five-year range is 14 to 252. The reason why it's so big is because of 2002, you know. But looking forward, you know, that's a pretty reasonable price. $81.58 for Disney is pretty reasonable. The thing I don't like about Disney, they're so big, and they, but they don't pay a dividend. One of the reasons why I don't own it, because I like a dividend. Their cash flow is very strong. There's absolutely no reason for them not to pay a dividend. They just choose not to. Fine. Well, I choose not to own it because of that. They will rebound, okay? And I think the stock itself is probably worth more close to the $100 level than the $81 that they're sitting on right now. Okay? Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. On Fridays, I generally would take time to, to fit in a quick rundown on the key benchmarks. So let's hit some of those right now. The two-year treasury, 4.96%. 4.96. The 10-year, for perspective, the 10-year is 4.25. So it's like 7 tenths of a seven base, 700 basis points below the two-year. That's, that's an inverted yield curve. That's usually not a healthy sign for the economy. So far, we've had this inverted yield curve for well over a year and a half. It hasn't caused a recession yet or predicted a recession yet. And just so you know, remember, two-year Treasury is paying 0.64% uh, year and three quarters ago. And, and, and the 10-year Treasury, about the same time, was playing 1.7, a normal yield curve where the two-year pays less than the 10-year. So, something to think about. Gold was priced at $1,920 an ounce. Hasn't really changed much. I mean, it's been that for a while. Uh, nothing exciting about gold. Um, it is a storage of wealth, and usually people run to gold when there's a lot of fear about. I just don't think there's a lot of fear about yet. Um, so, I don't know. I, I am not a big gold person, even though I have... Um, I have some interest in metals that we own in some of our managed accounts, but I'm, I, it's not one. It's not. It's one of my least favorite long-term holds. Least favorites because it's just gold. <laughs> it's valued by whatever the price of gold is. You know. Anyways, they can't grow. It. They gotta mine it. They gotta find it. It's expensive. They're different things. Oil was selling $87.37 a barrel. Uh, a couple of years ago, it was $66 a barrel, and now it's $87. And, and OPEC is still cutting production. It increased its, it increased its deadline. It's, not going to cut, it's going to keep cutting production. That's going to put pressure on oil up. And if the economy starts to recover, oil is going up, everybody. Up. For comparison, in Nevada, you know, for Gar's gasoline, it's $4.59 when you compare that with us here in California, $5.34, and Louisiana, $3.34. It's pretty, pretty sad. <laughs> it's just sad. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on the Invest Talk Voice Bank. And if you're listening live, at least live streaming, or if it's only on AM 1220, that's fine radio out of San Lico Valley. You can listen now. 888-99-CHART.
each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. I just wanted to get you guys' opinion on a stock. I'm looking at Carter's Children's and Baby Clothes Company. I just wanted to know the long-term outlook on it, you know, and what would be a good price to get in and hold for, you know, maybe five years or so. Thanks. I appreciate you guys helping. Um, you know, I'll keep listening to the show. Thanks. Okay, Carter's, uh, its symbol is CRI, Markets, uh, Baby and Young Children's Apparel in the U.S. under the name Carter's and Oshkosh and Bigosh, Oshkosh and Bigosh uh, brands. Anyways, they're going to make 590 next year, then 629 the year after. So the forward P is 11. The stock is at $65.59 right now. Uh, return equity is very good at 31%. Cash flow is strong. They pay a nice dividend at 4.6%, which should not be a problem for them to continue to do so. Um, the only negative is their sales in the last one, two, three, four, five, six quarters in a row have fallen. And I don't like that. The stock has fallen too because of it. Um, but it looks like it's trying to find support around $60, $62, and here it is, 65 So if it goes back down there and bounces again, maybe that'll show us that it's working, uh, that it has hit a bottom. But right now we have lower lows and lower highs on this price over the last year. So I think you've got to be really, really careful. I don't think this is the time to buy yet. I don't. 888-99-CHART is our number, everybody. The Fed policymakers appear to signal they could hold rates, in other words, not hike the rates, interest rates, for 2023 at the level that it's at right now. In other words, who hinted that? Well, it was the, it was the Bank Federal Reserve in, out of New York, John Williams. Uh, he said rates are in a good place, meaning to us, anybody's listening, because you have to, you know, they don't, they tend not to tell you the, all, the whole truth. They just kind of feed you bits and pieces. He's trying to tell us, I think, that they probably are not going to raise rates unless something strikingly happens in inflation before the end of the year. Just before the end of the year. It didn't say anything about next year. So And there's more than one Fed, so when you see them giving speeches, that's when you want to pay attention to what they're saying in those speeches, because they do, they do kind of support each other in their thinking, so you want to see if that's true in this case. Okay. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. You can call me anytime. Uh, the labor market is weakening. Well, is that so? Is it really happening? Well, it depends on what you want to look at because, you know, there's so many numbers to look at. But let's just look at a few little bit deeper statistics. First, the last three months, they produced less than 200,000 jobs a month. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but when they come out and tell you what the jobs number for the first time, you think that that's the number. Now, they revise them every month. They revise the previous numbers. So just letting you know, two, under 200,000 jobs every month for the last three months. The unemployment rate 
hit an 18-month high, even though it's still pretty low. So you can argue that it's still low, right? And then finally, um, job openings at a two-year low. I mean, there's reasons. There are reasons why the market, the labor market might be weakening. That's important for the economy. Now, let's see if we can hit another caller question before we have to take a break. Hey, Steve and Justin. It's Nick from Washington, D.C. I have a real estate question for you guys. Con in regards to a cooperative or a co-op, you know, I'm currently renting isn't a co-op, and I've been thinking about buying, buying a unit in my building. I don't know what a cooperative is versus owning the property outright. I've been reading it online, still can't fully grasp it. Uh, you guys are great at big breaking down uh, these topics. I was wondering if you could help me out understand this. Thank you very much. Have a good one now, guys. Bye. Well, personally, I would not buy a co-op. I would not because you don't have as the rights that you want when you buy property. Um, and then you got to read all the restrictions and conditions of the co-op, and you got to understand what your rights are. And a lot of people get involved in these things, and they don't. They just think it's a good idea, and they don't have a clue what can go wrong. And there's things that could go wrong in any real estate, but more so in co-ops and private REITs. Those things are very, very, they have much more problems in those kinds of investments where the public is not involved than not. So I'd be very, very careful uh, about doing a co-op. I am, I'm only tertiary aware of what a co-op is and does, but I know that you have lots of restricted rights when you own part of a co-op. So as we head into a break, let me tell you about the new video feature we are producing. It is called the Invest Talk Sector Spotlight, and it's free, just like most of all, all of our stuff is free, and it's free right now on YouTube. Go to the Invest Talk Sector Spotlight. You can find it. It's pretty easy on YouTube. My phone lines are open, waiting and wanting your questions, everybody. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. 
Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI Red Teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go talk to Dan in Walnut Creek. Dan. Hi there, Steve. Thanks for taking my call today. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hey, I've got a question on um, one main holdings, OMF. Um, I'm not so sure how long ago, maybe about a year or so, you um, you you liked the stock. You said it had a lot of room to grow and pays a nice mm-hmm. dividend. I'm wondering, yeah. um, and the numbers still look pretty good. Um, it does have, well, I don't know if it's a lot of debt. It's got $19 billion in debt. Um what do you? How do you feel about this stock right now? That's your biggest danger is the debt. Okay, um, they have more debt than they should be carrying for this size of company. It's a four point seven billion dollar company, and of course they are one man holdings. It provides personal loans through a network of four hundred branches in forty four states. So they borrow money to lend it out. So the debt has a purpose. You know that's that's. A, that's what's good about the debt in, the, in the, this kind of business and banks is the debt makes money. Their, their debt makes money for them. So this is the only kind of companies that you can accept that has lots of debt, in my opinion. And it's okay. REITs are okay. Banks are okay. Lending institutions of any kind is fine. You still got to figure out how much debt they have, but... This stock looks still in the price. It's going to make $7.50 next year. It's the most money it's ever made, up 34% this year. But this year, it went down 20%. So based on next year's earnings, you're looking at a 4P of 7, which is pretty pretty inexpensive on a $39 stock and a $9.37 cash flow per share. And sales are growing. The sales are growing just like they've always, kind of slow growth, but they're still growing. Now, when will this company have a problem? Well, if we go into recession, 
It's not. It's mm -hmm. it's really. So if you think we are going to go into a recession next year, you probably want to pick it up once it's already in. We are already in a recession. That's when you can make the most money on this kind of company. Okay, because they're never going to be huge capital appreciation for you. Never. So you kind of want to buy it low. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, let's go. Let's see. Are we going to a break, guys? Is that what I see in there? No. News. Oh, okay. The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today and will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow morning, as we do every Saturday. In the market conditions sections, we explained U.S. stocks opened the gains today and saw the S&P 500 rise four-tenths of percent and the Nasdaq composite fall six-tenths of percent. Oh, I'm sorry, now up six-tenths of percent, driven by increased demand for energy stocks due to rising crude oil prices. Also, you had that artificial intelligence news out that pushing stocks still. Anyway, Brent crude reached $90.50 a barrel today, its highest point since November. Tech stocks were on a slight rebound today as well after the ratcheting up of trade tensions between the U.S. and China, which I talked about yesterday on the show, led to a ban on iPhones to Chinese government employees. U.S. home prices rose in July after a five-month year-over-year decline that defied expectations. They think that the, the experts are thinking we're going to be in a housing decline, probably because interest rates are so high. As stocks slightly rallied, U.S. Treasury yields dipped on Friday as concerns mounted over the potential for further interest rate hikes, spurred by recent economic data indicating sustained inflation and a tight labor market. Concerns over higher interest rates were increased after strong U.S. service sector and labor market data came out this week. So, you know, there's a yin and yang going on, pull and push and tug on the belief will rates rise or stop rising. It's just, it's just hard to know. And there's, of course, a lot more in the newsletter. You, you just have to you know, purchase it, and it'll be delivered to you every Friday morning. On the stock section, stock ideas section, an American diversified metals manufacturing company focused on value-added steel processing and manufactured metal products, including pressure cylinders for liquefied petroleum gas, compressed natural gas, oxygen, refrigerant, and other industrial, industry, industrial gases. Evaluation looks attractive with a price of book of 1.98 and net income of 35%. Debt levels are pretty low with a debt equity ratio of 0.5. And we also looked at a supplier of carbon black, a solid form of carbon produced as powder pellets, powder or pellets. The company's operating segment in, on specialty carbon black and rubber carbon black, rubber carbon black, Segment is used in the reinforcement of rubber and tires and mechanical and rubber goods. The stock has had a nice pullback to a current support level of $21 and is trading at a PE of 11. And with an 11% revenue growth rate, that's pretty positive. Although debt is still a little high with a debt equity ratio of 1.9, it's easy can manage the debt. Okay? You can't. It's got a 4.62 interest coverage ratio. 
Some of these numbers are all new probably to you, but we're just trying to provide slowly more information, more information. If you have questions about what they mean, just ask. Be happy to do it. Well, of course, in the newsletter, we're going to name the names of the stocks I'm talking about and with the symbols, so you'll know exactly who it is. So that's a sample teaser of the latest KPP Premium Newsletter. Uh, you can subscribe via uh, email. Okay, that's when, how you receive it. Subscribe, go into our website, vesttalk.com or kppfinancial.com, and you will get the newsletter email. And they also get the portfolio, uh, portfolio management section and the consumer watch section. There's four sections altogether. Okay, let's grab another call or question, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve, Justin, and Luke. This is Keith from Redondo Beach. First, happy birthday to Justin. I remember that because I share your birthday, uh, probably 20 years before you, but we have the same birthday, 9-11. Second, question on asset allocation and market valuation. So I know you don't ever want to totally get out of the market, and I believe a primary determinant of your returns is your asset allocation, how much is in stocks versus fixed value. Question for you, is there a rule of thumb that says, hey, if I've got a 60-40 port- portfolio in general, and I think the market is 10% overvalued, do I change 60-40 to 50-50? And if I think the market is 10% undervalued, do I change 60-40 to maybe 70-30? Is there a rule of thumb that gives you a ratio between how far you think the market is overvalued or undervalued versus what percent you are in stocks versus fixed income? Anyway, thanks a lot, and I'll listen for your response. Bye-bye. Well, that ratio that you were talking about, the adjustment of that ratio, is a method to try to capture uh, stocks when they're low, low price and try to uh, capture, uh, try to sell stocks when they're high price. That's what that effort is uh, as far as an asset allocation model goes. And as I, as I said many times, nothing's perfect. Everything is imperfect in our industry. Um, how do you uh, realize? First thing I, I would suggest is you got to study the relationship between the economic cycle and the stock market cycle because they're tied together. They're not tied. They don't, one doesn't go up and the other one goes up following it. That's not what I mean. But they are tied together. In, in a recession, market has different stock market has different sectors that work better. And in boom times for the economy, the stock market has sectors where that works better. So, and it's very clear. There's no, there's no mystery to it. You can type in um, economic cycles in the stock market in search, and you'll get all kinds of charts. You can study it yourself. It's pretty simple. But, you know, it's difficult. you got to know what sectors are tr- trade t- traditionally higher than standard P.E. ratios and which ones are lower, and then understand the cycles. It's, it's difficult. It's, it's not that simple just to say, well, if it has a P.E. of here this low, that must mean a good stock. Not necessarily. I don't know. I have to see the, the previous earnings and the estimated earnings going forward, what kind of industry is it in, that kind of stuff. There's no easy answer. That's what I'm trying to tell you. 
Okay, we're now in September, the last month of the third quarter, and the year is moving pretty fast. Justin Klein and I have been telling you for a while now that we are in the, a new market environment because it's vastly different was when interest rates were always falling. Now we've been raising rates for close on to two years, a year and a half, a year and three quarters. So interest rates are now rising. Okay, so that changes things. That changes valuations of different sectors. So it can be hard to track all this stuff. You've got to fit your thinking and strategies to the time that you're in. Okay, now, if you can't do this or you want some help doing this, that's what KPP Financial is all about. We would love to help you with this. We, do, we, we, we try to practice, and we have a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, and we try to you know, make that practice real by providing unbiased guidance and parallel investing, in which we buy the same stocks as you do, or our clients do, and the same percentages, same price in the different portfolios we have. We like to ride along with our clients, and we do that. So call our KPP offices, or in, which are in Irvine, California. Ask for Justin or me or anybody will sit there and talk to you. Um, so give us a call. We want to help you if we can, but you have to take the first step. So please do so. Okay, uh, this is InvestTalk, everybody. Now with more than 55 million downloads, thanks to you. Hang on, more questions and answers are coming up. The prosperous future you envision for yourself and your family will not happen without strategic planning and definitive action. Let's go to Brian in San Mateo looking at Roku. And I wanted your take on the, uh, the technical picture. For the unprepared investor, market volatility around the world demonstrates risk. But opportunities wait for no one. And now may be the best time in years to invest wisely, to invest strategically. What I would do is keep saving and look for other opportunities. But how can you decide what sectors to avoid, which stocks to buy, and what might be the best price point? I'm new to investing, and my friend Wesley recommended your podcast a year ago. And how should you deal with your risk tolerance? Invest Talk. To prevail, serious investors need a balanced combination of realistic market education and unbiased guidance. KPP Financial Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein host a unique weekday finance and investment program and podcast, Invest Talk. Hello, Justin and Steve. This is Joel calling in from Maine. I love the show. I'll be listening for your answer. Is your asset portfolio properly balanced? How can you better manage your 401k? How will economic events affect the real estate market? So many questions. The straightforward answers can help you focus on your drive for success. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. The next decisive step on your path to financial freedom begins with a Spotify search for InvestTalk. Listen live or download the free podcast. And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term. Got a question for Steve or Justin? 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen, Justin. I'm calling in with a question on the stock DocuSign. The symbol is D-O-C-U. I currently hold some shares in both retirement account and non-retirement account. I bought it 
when it was around a hundred dollars and now it's down to fifty. So I wanted to get your opinion on what the outlook is and whether I should continue to hold or just take a loss. I'm not going to retire, maybe not in about maybe five more years. Maybe should just hold it in my retirement account because I guess I don't really want to lose that money. But anyway, just want to see what your opinion is. Thank you so much. Okay, DocuSign, everybody, D-O-C-U, provides an e-signature solution that enables businesses to excuse me, uh, dig, uh, uh, dig literally, uh, digitally, I'm sorry, uh, and prepare and execute signed agreements. So it lets you sign contracts is what it does. We use it often in our, in our office, DocuSign. And it's a very good piece of software. I'm, I'm very pleased with it. Um, the problem you have here is no. it used to be a really fast-growing company, and it's now it's no longer a fast-growing company. But it's still growing. Last quarter is 11%. Quarter before that was 12%. We're talking about sales, growth in sales. The quarter before that was 14. But a year ago, they were in the mid 20s to the low 30s on average in growth. So it's still growing, just slowed way down. Now, Ford P is 18, which is a little high for a slow growth kind of company. Um, uh, and I don't fall in love with the fact that it was $300 a share back in 2020. And you think it might go back to that. Chances are very slim uh, that it that will happen. Uh, they're going to make $2.71. How much is $2.71 worth? Is it worth a 20 PE? Then you're talking about a $54 stock, and the stock is at 50 now. But is it worth 20 PE? Maybe it's worth 15. See, so it's a good, solid company. I, I don't want you to think in those terms. But you're not going to get a ton of growth back into it, I, I don't think, unless growth has dramatically picks up, and I don't, I don't see that happening. Anyways, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after the break, so get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Justin Klein and Steve Beasley are ready to take on your finance and investment questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Nathan from Texas. I was calling to see what your guys' view is on Dollar General. Uh, that's the uh, symbol DG, and uh, the sharp hit they've taken in price over the past few months, and it looks like management has downgraded their expectations for future earnings. But with this company such a grassroots type, you know, low-cost grocery store and convenience store across the nation, I wonder if maybe we're getting into the range where, where this may be a bargain or if this is, is you know, been pushed down too far or if it's fairly priced and still has further to drop. Thanks. Okay, I think it actually has probably further to drop based on the estimate, estimate, estimates that the, uh, the management gave out. But it is a solid, solid company. They have made money for years and years and years. The 2023 was their best year, $10.68 a share. Then last year, or this year, they're going to make $7.91. It's 25% less. 
Next year, they'll bounce up to $8.67. That means the Ford PE is going to be about 16 and their range is 13 to 28. Turner Equity is very good at 41%. Managed Moons, 1%. Mutual funds have pretty much held steady. Uh, they do have some debt, but you know they operate 19,000 stores located in 47 states, and they plan to open 1,050 more stores. So you know you're going to have some debt when you're building out. I think it. I think your thing. It only pays a 1.9% dividend to a 28 billion dollar company, which to me is a pretty low dividend. But I do think it's going to prevent an opportunity for you to get into this stock. Um, once it bottoms out. I just don't think it has bottomed out yet. I think you just could keep an eye on it. Where will it bottom out? Well, gee, it's getting pretty darn close to where it should bottom out. Okay, that would be about 120 or so. So, um, you know, but I just be patient. We'll know better in the next 30 days, 60 days, if this is putting in a bottom or not. Because the chart looks bad as we stand right now. looks very bad. Okay, um, remember I talked about China yesterday and Apple and how they were restricting Apple phones and all that stuff? Well, companies that will face much larger problems in China and much and just as bad as Apple is facing or worse, and most of them are all tech companies. Most of them are. Qualcomm, that, Qualcomm makes like 80% of their, their income comes from... Uh, or was it 50? Yeah, 50 something percent of their income comes from China. Uh, uh, Texas Instrument, 40, 49% of theirs. Broadcom, 35% of their sales come from China. Then there's Veritas, uh, Abomar, Abel, Abel, Abdul, Albermar, Albermar, Corning, 30% of their sales come from China. Applied materials, 28%, and on semiconductor, 28%. So, if, you know, we're not having the friendliest times with China at this point, and that's going to affect trade, and it already has. Now, the question is, is how much more effect is it going to have? Because pressure is really, a lot of that pressure is going to come from the Chinese side when they just can say outright, don't buy XYZ products from XYZ company here in the United States, you know, you can't just ban a, a, a legal company in the United States to buy some legal prop, prop, legal, legal prop uh, products from uh, China. You can't stop them from doing that. Now, of course, you could have, you know, our government could put on tariffs or they can put on certain restrictions, but, you know, China, it's, Pretty much a totalitarian society. Whatever they say goes, goes, and it goes whenever they say it's going to go. They got issues. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody, and this completes another Investop program. I do thank you for calling. I do thank you a little bit listening. Appreciate it. Our podcasts, our radio shows, we record them. It's all free. We record it live on our website. So, you know, it would, if you really want to get our podcast, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Download it from them, and you can rate us on iTunes if that's where you get it downloaded from. Remember to follow us on social media, and be sure to like and tag. The This helps everyone in the Invest Talk community. Independent thing and share success. This is Invest Talk, everybody. Have a great weekend. 
InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.